Hello and welcome to the official Building Your Business podcast series presented by Archer Gowland Redshaw Chartered Accountants. Our firm has launched this podcast series to help simplify some of the complex challenges that occur when owning and operating a business and to assist business owners to better understand the inner workings of their organisation, regardless of which industry you operate within. Every month, we'll be releasing a new episode featuring special guests from industry, as well as Archie Gallen Redshaw directors Ian Walker, Smiljan Jankovic, and Valda Glynn, to provide their commentary on a variety of business management topics, alongside expertise surrounding accounting, taxation, and business strategy. Welcome to our podcast series, Building Your Business. Hello and welcome. My name is Chris Lewis and you're listening to the Building Your Business podcast presented by Archie Gallen Redshaw Chartered Accountants. Welcome to this very special edition of this series as this episode is a compilation of some of the important and key insights that we've gained across 2022 um, from a variety of guests that we've had from uh, across industry. Throughout the year, I've been very fortunate to sit down and interview some of Brisbane's most respected business leaders. Um, and throughout, you know, we've, we've chatted, I guess, uh, about some of the biggest issues facing business owners and, and management teams over the last 12 months. In saying that, it's been a really terrific year for the series. We've been able to feature some, um, yeah, quite well-known individuals from the likes of the the legal profession, uh, strata management as well, uh, professional services. Uh, we've even chatted with some individuals from the recruitment industry, um, HR management, property, and even members of our own team uh, internally, which has been great to have some of them feature um, on the series throughout. For businesses in Australia, I guess 2022 has been what essentially has been the emerging from the other side of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and I guess a, a great emphasis has been on um, what now essentially in this post-pandemic economy and especially for workplaces um, and workplace environments. COVID-19, it's still been in the background and it's, it's still been something of consideration and, and to be aware of that, that many businesses have had to face and especially, you know, business owners throughout different industries. But, you know, we've seen as the year has progressed and, and coming into the Christmas period as well, um, you know, some, some increase into what was pre-pandemic operations and trading. Obviously, uh, things have been brought um, along in that journey, um, you know, being the, the work from home and the introduction of flexible working and things like that, which the pandemic probably accelerated. But what we're seeing now, as I say, closer to Christmas and you know, taking a walk around the city is a lot more um, you know, energy and pace. And I think people coming back into the office and also um, you know, wanting to get out and network and attend events and uh, especially now with, you know, a lot of the Christmas parties on the horizon, um, which is is great to see, and obviously a, a great indicator that um, you know it's it's a sign of good things to come for the hospitality industry specifically. I mean, as I say, I know we've obviously looking at uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic and and that still being in the background, but you know we've had a few other things throughout the year from a, a business point of view, and there's been global factors which have impacted businesses. Um, we would have seen most recently, you know, the importance of cybersecurity and, and how much that's taken place in uh, in the last few months specifically. 
what you'll also probably notice throughout the uh, series this year is a is a common theme, as I say, in regards to you know what now in this uh, post pandemic landscape that we've moved into, and a lot of the releases in the, in the last couple of months specifically, and you know even you know talking to some of our earlier guests have, have concentrated on the the workplace itself. So um, you know the physical workplace environment, you know both from an internal point of view, and you know what's happening with office spaces and, and commercial property, but also from a, a HR and, and workplace health and safety perspective and the considerations that involved at that level. Now that, you know, we've got a lot of people working from home and, and people doing the, the hybrid working as well. Um, and then finally, you know, the attraction of staff, you know, there's businesses out there that are looking for uh, for staff. I think a lot of people are and, um, you know, how to, to be a part of, I guess, that game, I suppose you could you could say, you know, it's um, it's something where, you know, a lot, as I say, a lot of businesses are looking for people. Um, and so we're all in the same boat in that respect. So the common theme really, as I say, has been, you know, the what now with regards to the workplace. And I think we've been very fortunate to, to have some of the guests um, you know, really speak specifically to that. As I mentioned, you know, we've been fortunate to catch up with people from property. We've been able to speak to people in recruitment um, and also, you know, lawyers that, that focus on employment law or that focus on, you know, commercial leases and the discussions surrounding that. And then on top of that, obviously, the, the HR professionals. So that's what this episode so it's designed here today. It's to maybe chat further to that and just share a few clips of um, you know past episodes gone by and um, give you a little bit of a, a reminder of what we've spoken about and, and hopefully that helps leading into 2023. Um, you know, starting to think about you know your business plans for for that particular year and what you may need to to look at in the immediate future come January February time. So I'll kick things off with uh, our first release of, of 2022, which came in February. Um, both Ian Walker and myself were fortunate to sit down with uh, Robert Dunn from Savills Australia, um, you know, a specialist in the, the commercial property space. And together, you know, we discussed the, the impact of interest rates on commercial property. Obviously, it was something that was uh, beginning to take shape at, at that time, you know, in February. Um, but then obviously, over the course of the year, we, we've seen that play out and, you know, where interest rates sit now. And he also alluded to, to what was going to be coming um, in future years with regards to that impact, but then also the uh, the tenancy um, and tenancy levels for commercial space, not just in the CBD, but also in uh, surrounding suburbs as well. So uh, uh, take a listen to this clip. Uh, on the commercial side of things, um, certainly your investors are looking for return at the moment you know uh, having cash in bank is returning very little and so those investors are quite happy to get what has historically been a very low return on their property assets because they're not just getting income they're getting capital growth and so you've seen uh, those the returns on properties trend downward with interest rates as interest rates level up, our uh, investors' expectations going to change too. They probably will, but I think there'll be a, a little lag in that. Yeah, at some stage, interest rates will be going up and returns will keep dipping down for a bit longer because there'll be that weight of capital still trying to find a home before they change. Historically, real estate's always been seen as a good hedge against inflation, so usually uh, when values are going up, you want as much capital out there as possible, and that means that some of that is debt-funded. So I don't think too many people are going to be that scared of that situation. So you're not a part of the crowd which thinks that there's going to be this big cliff we're going to fall off. You're still positive that 
for 22, 23 onwards. Um, that property is still going to be a great asset class for, for reasons that you've outlined with respect to um, money in the bank. Uh, I mean, I suppose the questions that we get asked a fair bit is, you know, if inflation does rise, you know, the asset is a, is a hedge. Is that still going to be the case? Yeah. Is this time different? And I think the other big question is in is around interest rates. So if inflation rises, you know, Reserve Bank wishes to slow down the economy. First thing they do slam on the brakes is is increase interest rates. So commercial tenants, whether they're in the city or out, tenants move out of the city or stay out of the city because they prefer a more campus style office park. So some of those bigger tenants like that sort of thing or accessibility, either for their staff or for their clients, so easier in their mind to drive in and out, and parking. If you've got a big sales force or a big service team, do you really want to be trying to locate them in the city, or do you go with a more decentralised model and have one or several, north and south, and you know, covering different geographies to manage that? Well, I don't think that's going to change. You know, certainly some bigger employees in the city at various times have put either back office staff out of town or have gone with... Um, a more decentralised, you know, uh, structure. But most organisations, when they get the chance and can afford to, so when the economy is strong enough and their margins are strong enough, they want to bring everyone back together because that's when you get to influence culture and, and branding and, and reinvent the place and invigorate the place. And that's really the whole point of that. You know, if you want the advantage of working for a good organisation, then you need that cultural you know, benefit so um, bring them back together and, and often that's in the city. So, yes, yeah, some really great insights from, from Robert at the beginning of the year, as I say, and, and you know, he spoke to, to that impact on the, in the interest rates and then obviously there what, uh, what tenancy levels look like. You know, keeping on to the, the topic of, of commercial property, um, you know, our release in, in May concentrated more on the, the legal aspects and, you know, what to consider with regards to commercial lease arrangements. We caught up with uh, Dominic Doohan from um, Clocklin & Associates um, and he spoke uh, quite specifically about the, the types of leases that are available at a, at a corporate, but, but also at a retail and industrial level. Um, and then also spoke about the, the clawbacks available to landlords at that time um, and what can be seen in the future with regards to that space. So uh, here's a clip from our May episode. Basically, a lease is an agreement between a uh, landlord and tenant. Um, governing the terms of the use of the premises. Uh, and commonly that's evidenced in uh, an agreement or a lease called a commercial lease or Form 7. Mm-hmm. So a Form 7 uh, is a titles document which lists out all the standard terms of a lease, your terms, your options, the, the actual amount you're paying um, with a, a big schedule and that schedule will uh, contain the obligations of both parties. And so that's the common one you have. You've got retail leases. Um, which fall under the Retail Shop Leases Act. Those leases apply to businesses that operate within a shopping centre or a premises that is used for the retail sale of goods. Um, And so that type of lease uh, uses a um, commercial lease with additional uh, obligations and documents under the legislation. So you get additional disclosure documents uh, and other documents you need to provide, such as a legal advice report, and then you've got other agreements such as a commercial tenancy agreement, which if you're simpler leases, most agents will use those leases uh, for anything under three years, um, so a shorter term lease. And then you've got licence agreements. So 
you know, all these other types of agreements fall under the leasing um, definition. Uh, and depending on the use of the premises as well, um, and the, the type of the premises would dictate the form of that uh, lease agreement. As you were here there, obviously Dominic really spoke about those different lease types from regards to a, a short and, and long-term perspective, which was which was excellent. Um, and then obviously, you know, really gave a, a high-level overview of those clawbacks at the time and, and I guess what happened during the, the COVID pandemic with regards to lease arrangements and the, the follow-on effect from that, which was um, excellent to, to hear further about. As I say, with the, the common theme of this year's releases being about the workplace, we, we spoke about, um, or we were fortunate to catch up with some guests that spoke about the HR and the, the workplace health and safety considerations. Of course, you know, they came into effect with regards to the working from home and, and obviously the impacts of that with regards to, you know, employee safety and uh, and the obligations that business owners and employers were uh, needed to have with regards to those particular setups. And, and again, that obviously then flew, uh, flowed into the um, uh, the hybrid working space, you know, with people working from home, but then also coming into the office a couple of times a week. So um, a lot of great content there on both of those uh, topics. And, and we were speaking to um, uh, Jonathan Amaral from NB Lawyers in, in April and that episode around, I guess, what was today's new world and the, the legal and HR considerations in the post-pandemic workplace really um, spoke about some of those key things that employees need to know and and obviously those key considerations from uh, where uh, workplace, uh, sorry, uh, where working from home and hybrid working became the, the greater norm. And I think that was the case throughout uh, this year specifically. Um, so, you know, he spoke about that in, uh, in a clip such as this. It's been a recruitment and retention strategy yep. implemented by organisations. Um, some have seen uh, productivity increases, uh, some have had stability in productivity, some have seen decline productivity. Um, there's definitely positives in terms of um, being able to employ more generally. So, for example, you're not uh, stuck in the local market, Correct. you can go to a wider pool, uh, talent pool, especially sure. if you're in, say, professional services. You can go out to, say, um, interstate, uh, potentially even international as well. Correct. So that opened up definitely a number of horizons. Um, there has been some weaknesses in, say, for example, things like workplace culture. Um, that's been uh, an issue trying to uh, get over that step. Correct, yeah, yeah. Kind, of, kind of that culture, kind of, it's kind of spread. It's not kind of, it's kind of melted down, so it's Correct. not as strong as the, the office culture, you call it, yeah. Correct, and, and, and lots of organisations, especially in the tech, tech, technology space, have, have dealt with this uh, quite well. Um, with you know um, uh, regular get-togethers and, and and things like that, but even with that, um, the ability to be uh, hanging out in person, um, I think has now there's there's, this, there's a treasuring of that by organisations, sure. and how can they do that which is safe? Because you know yes, we're over all, all the big parts of COVID, at least the the really dangerous parts of COVID as an illness. Mm-hmm. But people are still getting sick. Yep. So it is still wiping out um, certain teams uh, if, 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 if you are just like any other illness. So um, how do you do that? That's safe. How do you do it 
have you, how do you bring people back into the office where it's actually of some benefit, um, that you can actually see the benefit? Um, it, it is a, for some organisation, this will be a much tougher sell than others. What, what I'm seeing is um, dealing with a hybrid, a lot of hybrid workplaces. So a, a mix of both um, at home, working uh, remote and also in, in, uh, in the office. Having set structures, so if, if teams or people or certain people are going to come in only on a Thursday and Friday, that's stuck too, for example. Yep. Um, so having some type of regular routine around that, that's been one way it's been dealt with. Another way has been um, doing it in, say, red, red and blue teams, so or um, A and B teams, but red and blue teams, I'll stick with that, <laughs> uh, where you have you know certain teams will come in. So even if there is... An effect on one team, let's say people get sick, then it do- hopefully doesn't affect the other teams. That was more prevalent when COVID had a lot more restrictions sure. um, from from the government, but it's still relevant in terms of, of health. So that's been one part. Also, changes in in contracts and changes in policies as well. Um, and then the training, or um, I suppose high level training for managers in particular to manage performance not just from that standards perspective or kpis perspective but yep. also from the perspective of dealing with people who are working from home who have got obviously other personal um, issues going on in their life yep. who potentially are struggling with some type of mental illness that has been something that's been quite prevalent that training education um, and, and focusing on that and keeping on to that particular subject of uh, HR and workplace health and safety, um, October's episode from the series saw us caught up with Darren Drew. Um, he operates a business called Business 360, um, which focuses on uh, HR management con- uh, consulting and uh, obviously looking at uh, you know uh, the, the full breadth of HR and workplace health and safety management areas that business, need, business owners need to know. He really gave, uh, I guess, a 360 degree view um, to what that looks like and, and that conversation focused heavily on um, on retaining staff and, and you know as I say we're everyone's in this uh, um, race for uh, for talent um, I think that's going to continue on into 2023 um, so he, he sort of flipped it on the head and, and looked at okay what can we be doing from a, a business point of view to keep our existing staff and retain those in the jobs um, and really build go about building a, a positive work culture and, and improving the work culture but then also understanding you know why employees may be leaving their jobs so um, all about the retention of staff which I think is going to be really important heading into uh, heading into 2023 uh, here's what Darren had to say on that in our language employee connection equals retention of the right staff so once we understand that once people are compensated fairly you know employee retention comes down to three main things. And surprisingly, that's got nothing to do with money. You know, the first one is that you need to ensure your team members feel valued you know, and heard. Secondly, transparency. You know, it allows people to feel they're a part of something bigger. You know, they understand the direction of the business and, more importantly, their role in that bigger picture. And thirdly, you, know, you need to provide employees with, as you quite rightly said before, about personal advancement, career, learning, interests and challenges. If you're not connected on an individual level, with each of your employee, and you're not testing that in some regular way, you will find yourself with people leaving. And once people leave, particularly the good ones, the rest of them go, what's going on? 
Why is John left or Mary left? What's happening? Again, that's that disconnection. And consistently there's three areas that keep coming up over and over again. So reward and recognition is one. Uh, the second one is career and development, as you've spoken about. And the third one's workload management. So they're the three things that normally are really affecting somebody and their you know, connection with the business. You know, we understand that sort of workplace culture and the employee's emotional buy-in requires a strong connection, you know, and it's the importance of what I'm doing as an employee versus what the organisational story and purpose is, and that's what, if that's not connected, it's purely then transactional. In September, we were fortunate to catch up with Wayne Clark, who's a director um, and principal consultant at Maxwell Stone Consulting. In that September episode, that concentrated on building your talent acquisition playbook um, and the connection that your business um, brand has with uh, employee recruitment as well. Um, throughout that discussion, obviously, he spoke about the uh, techniques that businesses and business owners um, can look at to, to try and get the, their brand awareness out there and get their uh, brand in front of um, people looking to change jobs. Um, obviously, he spoke about that from a recruitment point of view and, and how best to partner with an external agent in trying to um, you know find the right person and someone who fits the, the business. Um, but he also really brought it back to basics and, and concentrated on um, employee value propositions um, and the increasing importance that has in the talent acquisition process. In that discussion, he emphasised uh, the communicating of the values that the business have in a very succinct and articulate way um, to potential uh, job seekers out there that are you know looking to make a move. Um, but not only that, but to your to also your current staff because they are working within the business day in day out, and they are the the greatest I guess reflection of of how that business is operating, um, and they're an advocate for that business as well. So a clip from our September episode focuses on that. EVPs, employee value propositions, um, is basically, uh, and sorry, you know, for, I appreciate most people may know already a, a fair bit about this, but um, just in case, so EVPs effectively are um, something that every business that has employees has, whether it's been consciously established and nurtured or just you know, a product of chance and neglect. And it's effectively everything that a business does to attract and retain its employees. So, you know, you need to think about pay and perks, culture, career development, benefits and rewards. And none of this is new. I mean, we've been talking about this, uh, as, I mean, 20 years I've been in recruitment and I think my first client meeting, we, you know, we go in and we ask them what their USPs were at that point in time. And so, you know, that would have been very much around uh, a lot of the, a lot of this stuff, their culture and benefits and salaries and uh, development opportunities and so on. So where to from here with the series? Well, really excited to be returning back in 2023 for season four of the Building Your Business podcast. It's been really great to, to have listeners out there sort of bring their ideas to, to the table and, and really put forward topics that they want to hear about, which has been excellent. Um, you know, we've likewise had some really great interest from, from business leaders um, f throughout Brisbane, you know, wanting to be on the series and, and excited to have that new 
cohort um, come on board to, to give their um, you know business insights and to, to share some of their journeys as well. I think 2023 is going to discuss um, you know some of these issues in, in a bit more detail and it's going to be great to to have some uh, you know new input um, but there's also going to be other things that we face across the year as well so um, to have uh, this new cohort of guests I'm speaking to that is going to be really great. Hopefully it um, helps you mate inform business decisions um, and you know helps shape your business planning uh, throughout the year as well so what I can say is to, to be sure um, to check out each episode as they're released monthly. I'm really excited to have some um, you know really interesting topics in in the mix next next year and, and also some very special interest um, topics in there as well so as I say these will be uh, released monthly um, on the Archie Gallon Redshaw website, but also on your preferred podcast streaming platform. Um, so please keep an eye out for them as they're released. A big thank you to all the guests that have been featured on the episode this year. Um, as I say, we've had some really great insights from uh, all around, you know, from the legal profession, from professional services, strata management, um, even our own staff as well. So uh, thank you very much for all your input and expertise throughout 2022. Um, and uh, yeah, we look forward to, to reconnecting in, uh, in the new year for uh, season four of the Building Your Business podcast. For business owners seeking accounting, taxation, business advisory and superannuation support and assistance, please feel free to get in contact with the advisor team at Archer Gallon Redshaw. Led by Ian Walker, Smiljan Jankovic and Valda Glynn, our firm are a Brisbane CBD-based accounting practice supporting businesses across a variety of industries throughout southeast Queensland and nationally. You can get in contact with our team via the website www.agredshaw.com.au via email at info at agredshaw.com.au or contacting 07 3002 2699.